there are lots of lousy businesses. And there's lots of wonderful businesses. It's the art and science of money. My job has been to try and figure out which is which. It's Hi-Fi Radio. From the Global News Radio studios in Toronto. With Hi-Fi Portfolio Managers, here's Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle. Welcome to the show. It is a happy weekend to you all. It is the... Is it the 10th of August? It's the 10th of August. My goodness me. Well, we still got about three weeks of summer left. Three weeks of patio lanterns. I was going to give you that song, but uh, I had to play the show promo to start the show. I am Wolfgang Klein. By the way, it's a show about money. We call it Hi-Fi Radio, High Finance, High Fidelity, when we weave in some cool tunes to set the stage for our guests. Uh, indeed, our current guest, Michael Bellamy, our personal financial planner, a gentleman we continuously put in front of our clients to help them map out uh, successful long-term financial plans, because if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. Uh, Mike Bellamy, thank you very much for joining us on Hi-Fi Radio. Middle of the summer, uh, cottage season is well upon us. And, uh, you know, it continuously behooves me when I see the value, the amount of capital, the amount of money um, uh, we Ontarians, we Canadians are putting into our cottages. And of course, we are a country of lakes. I just came back from Boston, flew Porter Airline. Of course, I was at the Canaccord Growth Conference, flew Porter Airline. And as soon as I got into the Porter Airport, it says, a big billboard, do you know Canada has more fresh water lakes than the entire world combined. Uh, so cottaging is in our DNA. Uh, and with it comes big assets. Um, obviously, where Jack hangs out up in the Muskoka. Uh, not S, not Muskokas. Muskoka, I am told. Uh, we're, you know, <laughs> Muskoka. You know, we're talking, Porter's hey. actually flying up to Muskoka now, Wolf. I want them to buzz your cottage. I know they can do that if on a good day. They'll, they'll fly nice and low and buzz your cottage. I, I was told <laughs> that by my good friend, Lindsay DeLuce, so, uh, a friend of mine. There's quite a few. No, but Lindsay DeLuce's father, of course, an old bush pilot, and his uncle, or his brother, founder of Port Airlines. I'm told that he will He will buzz over the cottage, tip the wings, rattle the cottage a little bit so that the family knows to come down to the dock to help him tie off his boat as he comes up for a week following a week of hard work. But I, I go back to these cottages now, let's back to all seriousness. Um, they're, they're an emotional as well as a physical asset. Uh, people get emotionally tied to these assets. Uh, we spend our childhood perhaps at the cottage. We then have our children of our own. Um, and we, you know, we, 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 we break a lot of bread and spend a lot of good life quality moments at cottages if we're fortunate enough to be one of those cottager type people. And with this emotional attachment comes, gee whiz, I don't want to let this asset go. Um, got a few siblings uh, around. And more importantly, uh, perhaps mom and dad um, bought the asset for what, Jack, back in 1950, 1960, not your parents specifically, I'm just saying people in general. In the 50s and 60s, Jack, what would they have paid for a 200-foot lot uh, on uh, maybe, Lake, Lake Ross? Maybe five grand, maybe. Five, five, yeah. five grand? Five, ten grand, yeah. Yeah, and that lot today is worth, what, over a million bucks, just the lot, eh, Jack? Yep. And so you put a, some brick and mortar on it or some uh, well, uh, well-treated uh, siding. Amazingly treated siding you can put on today. 50-year life in this stuff. No more painting, eh, Jack? Uh, more time to boat and buzz around in your sea dew. No more fish. But, uh, well, my, main, my, yeah, maintenance is a big thing with those cottages, Wolf. You know, the, you have these maintenance-free cottages, but there's still work to be done for sure. Yeah, no, no, they, they're, they are expenses. They're ongoing expenses, but they're valuable assets. And, uh, of course, when Mike sits down with a client, we do a financial analysis. We talk about assets and liabilities and cash flow, uh, some key, key elements. But, uh, Michael, I want you to tell me, what type of discussions do you have with 
our clients about cottages and succession planning. And equally important, of course, is the tax man. Of course, yeah, exactly. And it's 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 been a very you know, big topic going forward. I mean, a lot of people, like you said, they're spending a lot of money on these cottages, they're renovating these cottages, but they're also forgetting that at some point down the road, we're going to need to do some succession planning. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's unfortunate the amount of people that really just don't think about it um, until the time comes that either it's too late to do some of the strategies or, you know, at that point it's causing family rifts, which is, you know, unfortunately what we see a lot of times with these cottages. You know, you know, that, that, that family rift, we'll call that riffer madness. That's an old Angel Frost uh, Q107 uh, uh, spiel. We'll call it riffer madness. Yes, family rift. You know, the funny, what I've learned is the riffer madness kicks in post time of death of second uh, parent. Uh, yeah, it's, and it's amazing how we all really bite our tongues until our second parent passes away. Then, then, my good friends, we see those, I won't call them green shoes, I'll call them those little weeds that pop out of the ground and the yeah. truth comes out. But let, let, let's get back to basics here. So uh, yeah. Jack found us a lot in 1950. We paid $5,000 for it uh, up in the Muskoka. Um, today, that $5,000 asset is worth, I don't know, Jack, two mil? Sure. All right. It's worth two million buck with the boathouse, bunky and outhouse. Still an outhouse. Yeah, all included. So the outhouse that was there originally is still that stays right. That that's part of the yeah, that's, great, about, that's, that's the emotional attachment. <laughs> that, that's where Jack. That's where Jack vomited the first time he got he got he got a couple a couple of dad's balls of beer snuck a, snuck out of that garage of his. Eh? Uh, oh yeah. We'll send Jack off to the outhouse over the woodshed. Um, I like those uh, those ice boxes they used to create back then too, eh, Jack? Yeah, I used to go cut the ice, and I never did it, but they used to cut the ice, put sawdust in there, last for the whole summer. They, they, that's actually yeah. remarkable. I love that concept. That is very few fishing lodges I've actually gone to over the years that have still used that uh, that system. Well, I guess if you're off the grid and uh, the grid ain't working that you've created, uh, I guess we can rely on the old fashioned. Look, we're gonna go to a commercial break here. We're having a little fun here. It's cottage season, uh, but we are talking about the tax man as well. You buy a cottage for five grand back in 1950. Both parents die. Asses worth two million. Guess how much you have to pay in tax? Listen to the commercial break. More on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto, right after this. Don't go anywhere. There's more great show after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio, a show about money. Wolfgang Klein, your host, each and every Saturday morning on the Global News Radio Network. 640 in Toronto. Toronto, I like saying that. Jack Hartle, co-host of the show, producer as well. Well, co-producer. I shall say we have to give Zach Kim some credit for dialing up the phones, finding some good guests. But I'll tell you, I had a, a little trip to Boston, uh, Canaccord's 39th annual growth conference. Um, I couldn't pronounce 90% of the names of the companies I saw. Very, very futuristic. Software, um, healthcare, oncology, uh, data collecting, artificial intelligence, driverless cars. Uh, I got to actually test drive a Tesla while I was down there. So uh, I have a whole lineup of very, very powerful guests going to join us on Hi-Fi Radio over the next couple of weeks, sharing with you what is going to take place tomorrow, not yesterday, because yesterday, well, it doesn't really matter anymore, but tomorrow does. And uh, the world, as you know, my good friends, is changing. Uh, I'm going to help you stay abreast of those changes. Um, and with some of the guests we are going to bring on the show in the next couple of weeks, very excited about that. But it is 
cottage time. Uh, maybe a little uh, weenie roast later in the afternoon. Fire up the barbecue and uh, have some fun. Uh, I don't know if it's patio lanterns was appropriate. I guess we need lanterns around uh, the dock, eh, Jack? You know, the little flatland, I was told. Uh, the reason people spend such exorbitant amounts of money on their cottage uh, Actually, the docks is because it's because of... when you have all the lights on, Wolf. You can't see the stars. I, you know, just uh, <laughs> you know, it's funny that you say that because I was at the, in, in the growth conference. I saw a company called uh, Generac speak. Right. Uh, Generac makes power backup power generators. And Kathleen, my gorgeous wife, reminded me uh, of the last power outage we had a few years ago uh, in and around Christmas. And we knew which house had the backup generator because it was the only house with lights on, with the Christmas lights on. Dark Street one house. We all hated that neighbor that day. I'll tell you, we did. <laughs> so be careful. You gotta be humble if you have a backup generator. No one else has one. You also. Don't want a bunch of extension cords coming to your gym. Don't take my power. It's my power. Uh, anyways, uh, Mike Bellamy, did you get a chance to calculate again? Let's go back through it. Um, Jack found your cottage in 1950. You paid $5,000 for that 200 acre or 200 foot lot uh, up in Muskoka. And of course, mom and dad passed away. Uh, you are now the executor of the family estate. You are the patriarch, my good friend. And uh, you're worried about the tax bill. And uh, so cottage is worth, say, $2 million. My good friend, Michael Bellamy, how much tax does a uh, government uh, demand uh, basically when you file the next tax return for the estate? So we're looking at about 550 or so thousand, um, which would be the... $500,000 on that cottage. Taxes have to get paid. And if you don't pay it, well, eventually uh, the government will expropriate it from you. So what do people do, Mike? So that's, and that's the question, right? So that's because, let, let, we, me, let me help frame that. Sorry. So mom and dad also had a house. Yeah. All right. That's a tax-free sale. That's fine. Exactly. And mom and dad probably had a riff, right? Yep. They probably each had a riff. And let's say mom and dad each had five, 600 grand in each riff. Maybe they were, they were Muskoka, Muskokaites. So they probably had yep. a bigger riff than the average Canadian. They probably yep. had a million dollar riff each. All right. So mom and dad each had a mill in their riff. Mom, of course, dad died first. That's, we, us men, we go first. We just assume that. How dare us, but we do. So dad passed away. Mom, of course, got the free tax-free rollover from dad's riff into her. So mom has a $2 million riff now and a $2 million cottage and say a $2 million home. She's a $6 million woman. Uh, a lot of taxes being owed. House is free. We know the riff is fully taxable too. So there's yep. there there goes another. What there goes it? half of it. Call it half. Uh, yeah, yeah, half that. That's right because that's all income. That's two. So the riff is two million dollars of income date of death. So there's yep. over a million dollars because I think the surtax with the Ontario surtax would kick in as well. Fifty four percent on that last marginal dollar. Fifty four percent last marginal dollar, and of course the cottage. So what does a family do? Do they basically liquidate, say goodbye to the cottage, and uh, split the money? And they had the big uh, riffer scrap anyways. They split the money and go their yeah. own ways. Yeah, yeah. And, that, and that's where the planning comes in, and that's why we've been sitting now with clients and, and and talking over these issues. And that's and that's a you know the, the big thing that we've been recommending to clients is to look at sit down and have a family discussion on. On what's going to happen? Like, do do the kids even want the cottage? Um, yeah, that, that that's a very, you know, Mike. That, that's a very good point. Uh, it does begin with communication, and the more yeah. open and the more frequent, and the earlier the communication begins, mom and dad, or mom and dad, and if not mom and dad, just mom and the children. Yeah. What do you want? What makes most sense? Um, and then from there, okay, next step. So let's just say there is there's Johnny, there's Sally, and there's Addie. Exactly, All right, yeah. and so Abby's not interested because she's a writer, um, yeah. and she wants to hang out in BC. So yeah. she, she's out. So yeah. then the other two want to 
share the cottage, but they obviously the roof gets sold and they don't want the house. So that's going to get sold. Exactly. So that's where the the planning and forecasting starts to come in. So Uh there's a few ways that we've been, you know, helping clients, you know, the, the easiest and simplest way is we decide that we sell the cottage upon passing money gets distributed and Johnny can buy his own cottage wherein the other two um, can, you know, basically do what they want with the money. Um, You know, option two is that we look at the estate and figure out, okay, there's going to be, if there's only going to be $2 million and the cottage is worth $2 million left, we may look at some kind of life insurance policy to help bridge that difference if we're trying to split this three ways so that Johnny can keep the cottage. So that's his $2 million of the estate. And then each of the other children would get $2 million from you know the sale of the home, half the riff, that sort of stuff. And um, but I say, Mike, the, the life insurance policy, though, you really have to set that up early. You can't set that up when you're like, 70 years old or 80 years old. No, that has exactly, to be planned yeah. well in advance for the fact that, uh, like you said, you had the discussion, you identified this liability, you, of, you identified some assets, obviously, that had to get covered. Um, yeah. But you really have to do a policy, I would say, in your what, mid-50s is kind of like yeah, the end where you want to be doing it? Yeah, and that's in mid-50s is a good range. And that's where the conversations are starting to happen too as kids are, are getting older. Um, they may have families of their own, um, that sort of thing. So it really starts to complicate things. And that's why, you know, it all comes back to communication, like Wolf said, to to be able to set that up. And it may be also that, you know, maybe the, the, the cottage goes into a family trust or into a testamentary trust, and then everyone can kind of use it until a point where everyone decides that they want to sell it, depending on where, um, you know, how tightly knit the family is. Obviously, the more kids, grandkids, that sort of thing get involved, it just complicates even things even more. So... You know, from our standpoint, you guys know I like to keep things as simple as possible. A lot of times, you know, selling that cottage and distributing the assets is technically the easiest and simplest thing to do. Yeah. Um, you know, I understand that there's emotional attachment to these cottages, but when there's three people plus spouses plus kids, everybody going after one cottage, it tends to, to complicate things. And, you know, we've seen it far too many times where it's, caused, you know, a lot of family issues. Yeah, without question, without question. Well, it certainly is something to think about uh, this weekend uh, and uh, as the weekends uh, go by through the rest of the summer. Uh, Michael, I thank you very kindly uh, for your time this Saturday morning. You enjoy the rest of your weekend. Uh, More of Hi-Fi Radio with Jack Hartle and Wolfgang Klein on the Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Let's take a break. But after, Wolf and Jack will continue their in-depth discussion about money. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the show. It is Hi-Fi Radio. I'm Wolfgang Klein, your host. Jack Hartle, your co-host for the cause of helping you be financially independent. Yes, we want to set you up so you are able to live on your terms. So you have choice as opposed to being forced to working longer than you want to. Yes, choice is a good thing. And, well, we live in a free world and we are allowed to buy gold. Um, and we have choice. Uh, that's a good thing. 
Uh, Jamie Carrasco is on the line. He is a gold bull, uh, shall I say, uh, and positioning himself as an expert in the uh, field of gold. He's joining us uh, on Hi Fire Radio. He's been on the show before. Um, good friend of mine. I have a lot of fun kibitzing with him about uh, various asset classes, and he just loves gold. Uh, I like things that make money, and I find uh, gold is an odd one. You, know, you dig it out of the ground, you smelter it, and then you put it back in the ground so no one steals it on you. Why bother? That's what they do, those gold miners. But gold is breaking out. I got to I got to respect the charts. I respect the asset class for what it is. It's biblical. Um, it's try true, you know, try true and tested. Uh, we believe in it, which really, in my opinion, that is the most important thing. Uh, you believe in Bitcoin, it goes higher. You believe in gold, it goes higher. You believe in tech stocks, they go higher. Belief matters. Uh, it matters a whole lot. Uh, so, uh, Jamie. Um, Yes, the price of gold is over 1500 bucks an ounce. And, and Jack, you pointed out to me today that um, in Canadian dollar terms, gold is, is it at, at an all-time high? It is, yeah, at an all-time yeah. high. Last time it was uh, above this, in uh, this level, I guess, in U.S. dollars. I think the Canadian dollar was, yes, if it par, wasn't par, correct. it was pretty close. Yeah, the Canadian, so uh, gold, of course, friends, uh, for those who aren't gold bo- uh, bulls, and you know something, you don't need to be a bull in gold, don't you? I'd say don't bother. But, you know, Jamie will say otherwise, and that's where we're going to have some fun on the show. But uh, gold, of course, is priced in U.S. dollars, as all commodities are. Uh, so myself, uh, as a... Uh, store of value as a place of safety. Some go gold. I prefer the U.S. buck, believe it or not. And of course, gold bulls hate the U.S. dollar because it's what they call fiat currency and you can continue to print it as opposed to, right, you just go ahead and mine some more gold. So what's the difference? Harder to mine gold. Okay, I get the argument. There's only so much Mother Nature gave us. Fair enough. Who knows? One day they can make synthetic diamonds. Maybe one day they can make synthetic gold. But anyways, Jamie, uh, give us the update. Uh, how excited are you? You're not even showing up in the office today. You're, you're out in your boat playing. Uh, Jack and I, of course, continue to work here. So you're making gobs of money. You're, you're, you're just wait, you just run away, wait for your day to come, and then show up and show your face, I guess. Is that what you're doing here? Right, but it, it, it took six years. Thanks for that great intro. And you brought up so many points in there that I was taking notes very quickly. Um, I think the first point that I would bring up is the fact that you're right, because you're looking at it from the equity side of things. You're looking at it from a company, from capital, and you shouldn't look at gold from that side. I think the best way to start is to look at it from the debt side. So J.P. Morgan in the early 1900s had a great line. Uh, Gold is money. Everything else is credit. Right. And that's very important to understand, especially when we have more than 14 trillion dollars now in negative yielding debt, which means that you're going to lend me money, but I'm going to pay you less than you'd lend me. I guess stop you there. By the way, you could friends, if if you don't like mortgages in the real estate in Canada, go to Copenhagen and you can get yourself a negative yield mortgage. So as as Jamie just pointed out, you, you buy a house in Copenhagen, you pay say 500,000. I'm going to use dollars to keep that. I forgot what they're, the Cronins, I think they're on Cronins. Yeah. 500,000 Cronin. And you have to pay back say 490,000 Cronin. Think about that. You pay back less than you borrow. That's what negative yielding debt is. It is odd. It's weird. And it's really a combination of great. It's greater fool. It's greater fool theory, but it's also (laughs) a long duration matching up of asset liability trade. I've just confused everyone with that statement, but that's what's going on. Like who would buy this stuff? And yet people are buying negative yielding debt, but it it is ripe. It, it It is a perfect storm for Jamie's thesis, isn't it, Jamie, as to why to buy gold? Because negative yield is helping you. There's no inflation, it's deflation. But forget about the housing sector for a second, but think about pension funds that need to sit on this debt. Yes. They need to hedge, and the only hedge is gold, right, as money. So, so what we're seeing is, is the, to me, is a complete aberration of a monetary system that can no longer continue. 
And this is why over 4,000 years, we always go back to gold, because every time we get into these, into these, uh, since you brought up making, making things, the alchemy of monetary systems, where we believe that we can control rates, we can control the value of money, we get into the same problems, which is we think that debt is, is an asset. So I look at, at the last 10 years of experimentation that we've added more, way more debt than we've achieved economic growth, and that can continue. And that's the first thing that I would say. Second thing, look at gold in Canadian dollars, which has already crossed over 2000 Yeah, Jack brought that point up to me. You're right. It's, it's a right. record high. That, that's very powerful. That, that's impressive. So, so, so two things. Think about the companies like Nico producing at 600 and selling it at 2000 But more importantly, think about our cost, uh, our purchasing power loss of our currency, right? In the year 2011, when gold was at 1900 the dollar and the Canadian dollar and the U.S. dollar were at par. But now we are down how much? $2,000 versus uh, 1500 in U.S. So it's a clear indication of, 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 uh, of what's happening within the monetary system. And that's what I've always argued. Now, I don't know. Let me back up a bit. Remember Ray Dalio put out this piece just about a month ago, Paradigm Shift? Yes, but Ray, Ray Dalio, an absolute fantastic author and money manager as well. A must-read individual and certainly you can YouTube Ray Dalio. Uh, uh, brilliant, brilliant work. But carry on, Jamie. But he was going on about the, 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 the paradigm shift that we're going through, which is exactly what I wrote about in 2015. It's the paradigm shift of the fact that the monetary system needs to be restructured because of all the debt that we're going through. It's exactly what happened in the 30s. So it brings me back to my view of gold, which is I'm looking at this, at this puzzle that's shaping around us, which is at the monetary level. And that's important to understand because all of these debts, everything is priced in one currency. What happens is the value of that currency comes down. Right, which is exactly right. what happened the, in the 30s. Right, but if the value of the currency comes down, what happens to the value of the debt? If the debt's denominating that currency, then the debt becomes cheaper. But but so do the stocks and everything else, right? It's it's the inflation. It's the inflation component that is taking place, and that's why um, the the way to begin to understand gold, you have to look at the monetary puzzle that is shaping up around us, and that's why, by the way. I am not a gold bug, but I do see gold as a beautiful hedge to, to, to hedge ourselves from, from uh, especially our portfolios, from the madness that is going on around us. And that's why, even though I have my asset allocation at 20%, which sounds aggressive since nobody has any, I, I always say you got to have some within that asset allocation model of your portfolio. Now, let's back up. No, actually, Jamie, we've we got to be, um, you know, to, to, um, slow the boat down. Uh, we're going to go to commercial yeah. break here, my good friend. Uh, okay. Have a sip of coffee and uh, Hi-Fi Radio. We're talking gold. Uh, member with my good friend Jamie Grasco uh, on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. More of it right after this. Listen, we're going to take a break. But when we come back, more money talk. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. All right, I'm liking this. Little Kanye West. I tell you, it's a lot better than the uh, hip hop my kids play at home. Hey, not too profane. That's good. Uh, yes, no profanity in that song. That's what it's all about. It's good. Good, clean, fun. Uh, Saturday morning, and it is uh, Hi-Fi Radio, Wolfgang Klein, in for the show to help you 
have more dough. In for the show to help you have more dough. I like that. We're going to play off that, Jack. Of course, Jack is here as well for the cause, not taking the weekend off on me. Thank goodness. Um, I have to bring Jamie Carrasco back in. He's going to have to co-host the show once when you're away, Jack. Uh, I know we got Rubina Ahmed coming up in a couple of weeks to... Uh, you know, tune you up a little bit there, Jack. Yeah, looking take, forward to take that, you for to sure. Next, take you to the next level. It's good. Uh, I like when you and her have some fun and you can poke fun at me as I'm uh, vacating up in uh, Mosquito Land. <laughs> uh, Jamie, good to have you uh, hang around and join us. Jamie Carrasco, of course, is a portfolio investment advisor, I shall say, with uh, Canaccord Genuity uh, Wealth Management as well. But it does a very, very different uh, approach than Jack and I. And uh, he very much is a... Gold Bull um, has 20% of his clients' assets invested in gold. Um, and, of course, he attracts a unique type of individual. Um, that's what makes a market. Uh, you know, it's funny, Jamie, uh, I was at the Boston Conference. It's Canaccords. And you, you have to go to this conference one year. Take take your gold hat off. Put a tech hat on. Put a life sciences hat on. Put a growth forward-thinking type hat on, as opposed to 4,000 years of history. Let's move forward for a couple years as well. That Canaccord Growth Conference was great, but there wasn't, an and it was in Boston. Boston is a town of intellects. Um, I heard some amazing, brilliant people speak about uh, wireless powering your car to uh, autonomous driving, uh, artificial intelligence, um, uh, the, 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 the future and changes in transportation. But the one fellow was talking about capital intensive businesses and mining is a capital intensive business. And uh, one of his clients, he was a consultant to many a Fortune 500 companies. One of his clients uh, was Barrick Gold. He was a consultant to Barrick Gold. And in consulting to Barrick Gold, they would ask him, what do you think we should do with the business? And he said, if, if I were you, and this isn't too long ago. If I were you, I would, st what do you guys do with the gold? He says, well, we take the gold out of the ground. We smelt it. We turn into these pretty blocks. And then we put it in a vault, which is usually underground. And we just sit there. He said, well, I'll tell you what, why don't you just, and, and how much does it cost you to do that? It costs about 800 bucks per ounce. That's now worth, well, 12, it was 1200 bucks because when he was working, it's now worth 1500 bucks an ounce. Uh, he said, why don't you just leave the gold in the ground? You know, it's there. You have the geological surveys. You have your, your assay results. You know the grade, et cetera, et cetera. Just leave the gold where it is. Take your big, strong balance sheet and buy Bitcoin and back the Bitcoin by gold. And at the time, Bitcoin was about 900 bucks. And so, of course, the uh, uh, the speaker who, of course, was consulting to Barrett Gold, in hindsight, looks like a genius. He was dead, right? But that's like, I walked away from that comment. This guy, this guy really was thinking for it. He doesn't like capital intensity. He doesn't like manufacturing. He likes the sharing of ideas. He likes the network effect. Very futuristic thinking. But the point about Bitcoin is, because Bitcoin really is zeros and ones in my mind, backed by nothing but belief. Gold, too, is backed by belief. If you believe it's worth 1500 that's what it's worth. If you believe it's worth zero, then that's what it's worth. Uh, mining costs aside. Um, but backing Bitcoin by gold was an interesting concept. And also the concept of just leave the asset where it is in the ground. What difference does it make? Why do you have to hold it and touch it? You're not going to do anything with it anyways. It's not a tomato you're going to eat. Okay, you might fabricate some of it into a wedding ring, and I lost mine so I had to buy a second wedding ring. That's the only. I don't plan on getting remarried. I don't plan on buying a third wedding ring. I don't wear a lot of jewelry. Jack found the wedding ring he lost at his parents' cottage. He wouldn't even repurchase. He just waited until he found it. He was lucky. <laughs> it came back in a year. You, and you know what? It was exactly the same as where, where it left it, Wolf. It didn't change. So it, it didn't change at all. Did it nope. rust? Absolutely. Well, it turned, no, it, it doesn't rust. That's, that's, nothing well, happened to it. That's how gold is. All right, so Jamie, over to you, Jamie. What, what I set the stage said, for you. It, what, what you've just said, and I've thought a lot about this, the connection between crypto and gold, is prophetic because what you've just described is an electronic monetary system, which is the future. 
right? Yeah. The problem is not gold. The problem is the fact that we have a monetary system where uh, a bunch of central planners can just print money, and we've gone with this Keynesian theory that we can just print our problems away. That's the problem. The fact that we have no monitoring way to control these central planners from doing what they're doing. Instead of solving our problems by reducing our debts, we're just generating more debt to clean up more debt, which is, as Einstein said, doing the same thing over again and reaching the same results. Okay, but, but right? Sir, Sir Isaac Newton said a body in motion stays in motion until something else interferes with it. So I, I'm going to pivot over here because, again, our chief strategist, Jamie, your chief strategist, and my chief strategist, his name is Tony Dwyer. My wife is in love with this gentleman. I, I was actually feeling quite threatened, Jack, by the way. Catherine and I was, agree with him. Let me make my point. Okay. My Go point ahead. is, Tony Dwyer said, you can't solve a debt problem with more debt. But right here, right now, Money is available, and as long as money is available and banks are willing to lend money, it's game on for the economy, no recession. And as long as that's the case, game on. So pay attention to interest rates, and when they're willing to lend, it's economically viable to stay long stocks. He said at some point it's going to end, and yes, all the debt we have printed will end disastrously. But every crisis always seems to be debt uh, created through too much debt, and the crisis ends and the new cycle begins. I agree. And the thing is, I'm preparing because whenever that... that, that oh, he's, he's preparing, Jack. Whenever Gold Bull says I'm preparing, I have visions of them like, stocking well, cans. No, no, whenever, can, can, whenever, cans whenever in the it ends, what you're saying when it ends, what you're telling me it is will. whenever the monetary system ends... No, I'm, no, no, I'm not saying the, the monetary system is not going to end. No, there is going to be another crisis. There will be another debt crisis. Assets will get written down and they will reset the deck and gain back on. The problem is, though, that and JB brings up a good point here, is that central banks right now are so afraid of the last crisis. They want to keep on extending this cycle further and further and out. The further out you extend it, the more debt that you put on it, when it does come to roost, when it comes to that crash that everyone's worried about, I'm not saying it's going to happen tomorrow. It just makes it that much more dramatic. I'm going to say to you, central banks are fearful of deflation. They are begging for some inflation to uh, inflate their or to deflate their, their, their the amount of their debt. Correct? If you create inflation, all of a sudden the debt you have outstanding is not worth as much. It's easier to pay back. Uh, America's debt has always gone from lower left to upper right. Long For the next 100 years, Jamie, I say more debt. Period. Some bumps along the way. Look, we're gonna keep you around, buddy. We got what one more hit to do here, Jack, on Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio, six forty in Toronto. Hope you're having a good day. Uh, you want to make some money? Hang with us. Stay with us. There's more shows still to come. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio, six forty Toronto. Welcome back to the show. A little funky guitar. Little Stone Roses. Song is called Fool's Gold. Fool's Gold, eh? Well, gold itself is a commodity, as a hedge, as a store of value, as a competitor to Bitcoin, uh, above 1500 buck an ounce. Looks like it's going higher. I don't know. Previous high for gold was, what, 2050? Who better to ask than uh, Jamie Carrasco? Uh, a 1950. Go- 1950? Didn't it didn't hit 2000? No, never did. No, I was going to say your last name, but you interrupted me. So, Jamie, 
Carrasco on the show. Uh, very, very smart man, uh, very learned when it comes to the history and uh, the rationale for uh, being interested in gold. Uh, Jamie, I must say, I, I was interested in gold when it was a couple hundred bucks an ounce. Uh, it was at the trough valuations. And I said, oh, it was good. Uh, gold perhaps could turn, and it did. It turned just as tech blew up and as commodities kicked into gear, as did the Canadian dollar. So I started buying some miners, gold miners, and uh, it was difficult. The gold went up and the miners didn't. Uh, so I think the way to play gold, if you're going to play gold or invest in gold, I don't like the word play, it's the wrong word. If you're going to hedge your portfolio with some gold, because that's really what it is. It's a hedge. It's a store of value. It's a, uh, it's a flight to safety when you know what hits the fan. When Trump tweets, for example, gold, <laughs> right? Trump, Trump tweets probably good for gold. And uh, it is, actually. Yeah. So I'd rather own than the commodity itself. Uh, the irony is, do you want to own the bars? Would you just buy the uh, the piece of paper, uh, either GLD? I'd probably go towards the GLD. Um, um, actually, I go for the Sprott um, ETF, which is physically stored at Scotia Bank and the Mint in, in Ottawa. In Ottawa, yeah. Well, the, GL, the, the GLD claims to equally be back each each unit backed by ounces of gold held, I guess, in America. Uh, correct. And and you have to trust J.P. Morgan to be telling you the truth. I lost trust in the banking system back in 08, so I'd rather go with Sprott. That's, that's the fine line that I draw. You know, I'll, I'll tell you a funny story about Sprott. I'm going to tell you a very, very funny anecdotal story. Folks, listen, this is actually really cool stuff. Every now and then, a company marks the top with a statement. And I remember BlackBerry marking the top of Research in Motion when they had a staff Christmas party. And at the time, for staff only, they booked the Sky Dome and booked Van Halen to do a staff Christmas party. It was over the top, and as such, marked the top for their stock. It was straight downhill. Sprott sent me a, and I have it in my office, a silver coin as they were launching these new ETFs. And as I got their silver coin, it marked the top for gold. It was the 1950 print, and I got this little coin in the mail, and they were giving me justification as to why gold, I guess, was going to 5000 and 10000 I remember hearing John Embry speak, and, and once wrote a paper justifying a $10,000 gold price, so much so that I repeated his verbiage on CP24. I'm going back to 8 and 10 years. So, uh, well, right. you know, this, uh, for everything to go higher, Jamie, you have to have a story. I was talking to Jack about that today, coming out of my conference in New York, and you should have gone to that conference because it was so anti-gold. Well, well let me let me. No, I say gold does have that. a story right now, though. Wolf. No, gold, gold, know, gold has the no growth story, competitive devaluation. I, we've had a client send us the fact that uh, I think the U.S. has twenty-two trillion dollars now in, in in debt. Correct, which is exactly what Jamie's important. talking about. Hold on a second. More importantly, you have to understand some fundamental changes have taken place within the banking system with regards to gold. On April 1, gold became a tier one asset, first time since the 70s. It became a what? A tier one asset, according to Basel. A tier the, one uh, asset. Uh-huh. Okay. Which means that it, it counts just as good as just as good as the U.S. dollar um, as, a, as a safety asset. Right now, think about this. So no, this so I, I want to interrupt. I want to because you said something the audience doesn't understand what you said. So the, I want to. No, 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 no. Let me let me, okay, let me explain. Let me explain to the, explain to the audience. So basically. Banks have to hold back a certain amount of your deposits, folks, in case there is a run on the banks. So banks, when you deposit money in the bank, guess what? They lend it out to someone else and make money off of your little deposit. But they have to hold back X amount of capital in the event that there is a, a run on the bank. So anything they hold back is considered a tier one asset. And the tier one threshold has been increased, correct, since coming out of uh, Sarbanes-Oxley and, and all the financial crisis. Since the financial crisis. Yeah, the, the, the banks are a lot less leveraged than they were back in 
2007, But, but that's a good point. So, so the fact that the near-term cash and now gold is considered a tier one asset, that's interesting. But how is that a positive play then for the banks? Oh, hold on. Number one factor. Number two factor is the fact that last year and this year, again, the biggest buyers of physical gold have become the central banks. And number three is the fact that they did not ratify the central bank uh, selling agreement um, just last week, which is an agreement that was in place for 20 years where the central banks were selling gold amongst each other to control the price. To me, those are fundamental changes within the banking system that are saying gold is money again, right? So I would be listening more to what they're doing than what they're saying. This is an important factor. It is. It sounds important. One of the one of the things to think about is when I was at our competitive bank before I came over to Scotia Bank. One of the big sorry when I was at Scotia Bank, one of the biggest issues I had was that when I was adding gold for my client, it was still seen as speculative asset. Well, compliance still holds it as speculative assets for themselves is a tier one asset. It's that's that's funny. So, so, so bank, the bank, so when you worked at Scotia, they wouldn't let you hold uh, gold, or they consider the gold weighting you had in your clients' assets as spec, and yet they themselves now can hold gold and consider it a tier one asset. Exactly. That's so, funny. That's ironic, but again, it goes to show that there's some fundamental changes that are occurring. What I think that is, is the fact that going forward, and something I mentioned before, Trump is, not, is putting more and more pressure within the central bank. Central banks are scrambling on their own. So that's an important factor because in a way, at least they worked, they worked within themselves to try to contain things. I think going forward, How did that gold work will out? Become, well, more and more debt. I think this time is different and gold will be part of that. They're structuring gold to be part of the solution. So we're going back to what JP Morgan said a hundred years ago. Gold is money. Everything else is credit. So 4,000 years of maybe it's not different this time. That's interesting. Okay, Jamie, uh, let, let us go to commercial break, uh, and we'll come back to you, all right? I'm getting three hits okay. out of you. You're sounding good, buddy. Uh, Jamie Grasco on the line. Uh, he is very, very much invested in gold with him and his clients. He's got about a 20% weighting in his clients' portfolios. Jack and I have a, a zero weighting in gold, and that's what makes the market. It makes it very, very dynamic, and we like to challenge theses, and uh, we have to also be flexible and be willing to adapt. Uh, not so easy to do, but it's a very, very important um, tenant of successful long-term investing. That's what this show is all about, helping you become wealthier and yet managing risk along the way to reduce volatility. And especially in the uh, world of Trump, volatility has gone up, not down. So anything we do to help out, uh, always here for the cause. Uh, Global News Radio, 640 in Toronto. Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartle. We'll be right back after this. Making money is the best. So how do you make more money? back after this. You're listening to Hi-Fi Radio from Global News Radio 640 Toronto. See reflections on the water More than darkness in the depths See him surface and never a shadow On the wind I feel his breath Golden night I'm digging it. A little Tina Turner. Oh, yeah. Turn it up. Wake up. It is 640 in Toronto. Hi-Fi Radio is the show. I'm Wolfgang Klein, your host, Jack Hartle, co-host, in for the cause. And the cause, of course, is to help you become financially independent. Uh, financial literacy amazes me. 
how it continues to be so, what's the word I'm looking for, Jack? Uh, such a void in society of financial literacy. Yeah, I sort of take this stuff for granted. And, well, I guess I'm very, very naive. Um, we need to learn more about money, my good friends, because unfortunately no one is going to take care of your money better than you. Uh, you need to be the steward of your capital and uh, work with a team of very, very wise people who are, have your best interests at heart and can help you. And uh, again, uh, you need to find someone that is right for you, for your personality, uh, meaning the pr- proper advisor. And uh, Jamie Grasco is an advisor with the Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. And Jack and I are advisors with Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. And we view things differently and yet the same. Um, different approaches, uh, different strokes for different folks, I guess. Uh, Jamie loves gold. So we've had him on the show for the last four hits. And that was a little Tina Turner teamed up for a very, very cool tune. Um, Sir Isaac Newton, yes, indeed. A body in motion stays in motion until, well, it doesn't. And, uh, of course, Jack... Uh, he, he also said, I think he can calculate, uh, was it calculate the stars, but not the madness of crowds? Was that I can as well? Cal- I, can calcul- I can calculate the... Uh, the cosmos. The, the, I can calculate the heavenly bodies, but I cannot calculate the madness of crowds. And that was after he got, uh, after he went through the South Sea bubble and he uh, lost a fortune there. <laughs> Correct. And, and, and for, from our perspective, from our discussion, he also set up the gold standard with John Locke. I did not know that. Sir Isaac there Newton, it was, he set up the gold standard. But you told me it was 4,000 4, years of biblical terms, and yet Sir Isaac Newton is getting the uh, trump from that one? Exactly. And that gold standard, that monetary system, carried the Industrial Revolution without inflation for 200 years until the, the, the First World War when they finally unwound it. That's my thing. It's, we need a monetary system that can remain stable. And that's what gold offers. It's stability within a monetary system so that we can have proper growth because we have no growth. All we have is debt. There is no real growth when you have a greater accumulation of debt within society than you have of economic output. Back up, back up. Jack, we're going to say Jack is the economist in the room right now because he's studied, he has an economic degree. Well, Jamie's a historian, that's for sure. uh, Go ahead. I'm a comic. Um, (laughs) so, Jack, um, let's talk about that. GDP, gross domestic product, debt aside, uh, I see economic growth. I see slow 2% economic growth, and that's what the statisticians are telling us. What, what the, 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 I would say the point that I think that Jamie's making is that to get a unit of economic growth, you have to layer on more and more leverage. Before, if you added a, a unit of leverage... You would get right, you know, a multiplier effect. Yeah, right. So it's it's, it's much less now. I agree. You're sort of pushing on a string. I'm going to go back to in terms of this notion, Jamie. Can correct me on printing of money? Look, I go back to once again. The central bank can print all they want. Um, Ultimately, that money has to be lent to somebody at a rate of interest. Or there's no point to put, you're pushing on a string. And that's what they did. Coming out of the financial crises, interest rates went through the floor and it took time for it to kick into gear, for it to ignite. They were pushing on a string. And equally so, the multiplier effect, and Jack, which economist came up with that multiplier of uh, Fisher curve? There's a rule for it. Basically, it used to be, a, a, they called it the velocity of money. That's right. right. Yeah. The velocity of money. You print a dollar, you lend a dollar, or you borrow a dollar, you put it to work, and it has a multiplier effect of five or six. It still has some impact right now if they if they do borrow and use debt you do get some growth at, at least one for one wolf that's a great point but think about something what was the rate of growth that greenspan told us we needed to achieve in order to pay back the debts that they were planning on on doing in 08 which got way bit way bigger 6.5 <laughs> percent we never even no. hit that no 
No, so all we have, that. all we have now is a lot of debt. And, and are we ready for the next crisis? Okay, but I'm going to challenge you again on that, Jamie, because I will tell you something else. Um, and Jack, you know this, help work, me, work with me. We're, we're going live here. Um, U.S. household net worth has just eclipsed an all-time high. And if I'm not mistaken, it's $170 trillion. Does that make sense? Yeah, it is. Their economy is about $25 trillion. Their debt is about $25 trillion. But if you look at American assets, sorry, it's about $90 trillion in, 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 in net worth. American household net worth is at an all-time high. Net, if you net, net, no, net of debt. True, but if you take out the 1%, because Raul Paul was making the same point in his presentation just about two months ago, that if you take out that 1% of the population that have accumulated all that wealth, you get a completely different story. Well, okay, that's a whole other matter. That is a big, we can have a discussion on that show, but that is really irrelevant to gold as well. The 1%, the haves, the have-nots. Jamie, we're out of time, buddy. You're going to be boating all weekend long, enjoying the nice weather, I hope. Thanks for having me back. No, I'm, asking well, I'm asking a question. I'm asking a personal question. Are you boating all week? Are you going to play this week and have some fun? I am. I'm going sailing. I'm about to hop on my boat and sail on the Georgian. Good for you. Well, up here. you know something, pal? Uh, every dog has its day. You're howling, you're barking, gold's making new highs, breaking out and against Canadian dollar terms, really at an all-time high in U.S. dollar terms. That's about, uh, what, Jack? couple three well it's definitely breaking out anyways 400 bucks away going the right uh, direction from its previous peak previous peak was uh eclipsed when when was that peak uh jamie 2011 2011 2011, that was a peak in gold 1950 1975 on a daily basis 1950 on a weekly basis yeah and the final question for you it's a yes no answer your boat is it white or gold it's white it's white (laughs) there you go my good friends hi-fi radio hope you enjoyed the show uh, it's a show about money. Tell your friends. More importantly, tell your kids. Educate your kids about the world of finance. It's simple. We start with saving. We then learn to invest. And from investing properly, you compound money. Please, I have a lot of stuff on my website, WolfgangKlein.com. It's under a resource section. There's some great compounding tables. I beg you, please, this weekend, share it with your kids. Speak to your kids about the, some of the money they mooch off you to put it aside and save it. The $5 a day. If your kid's 15 today... Five bucks a day of investing properly, around 7 8%, turn into just under three-quarter million bucks at age 55. That is my Freedom 55 plan for you, my friends, for free. You have a great weekend. I'm Wolfgang Klein, Jack Hartlin for The Cause. Show, Hi-Fi Radio, Global News Radio Network, 640 in Toronto. Listening to Hi Fi Radio with Wolfgang Klein and Jack Hartle, portfolio managers at Canaccord Genuity Wealth Management. For questions about today's show or any money questions you need answered, email Wolf and Jack at WolfgangKlein.com. Hi Fi Radio for the love of money. We'll see you next week.